We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. First Samuel 15, 35, it says this, until the day Samuel died, he did not go see Saul again. <clears throat> until the day Samuel died, he did not go see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. I think that's a little bit going over y'all head, just a little bit. I want you to hear it again. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Let's push to verse 1. 16.1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected them king over Israel? Our topic for discussion today is the phrase grieving when there is no grave. <clears throat> Say that with me, grieving when there is no grave. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes, sometimes I, grieve I grieve when there is, when there is no, grave. no grave. Let's quickly set this up. Um, after several years of inconsistency uh, and disobedience, Saul, the first, first ruler over God's people as king, had been rejected by God. The final straw for God uh, was when he gave very clear instructions to Saul to go and totally destroy the Amalekites. Y'all know this because we spent a few weeks there. He said, I want you to totally go and destroy the Amalekites. But Saul kind of obeyed. He, he was disobedient, uh, and God finally had enough. So he, God says to Samuel, who was his prophet, um, he tells him to go tell Saul, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. I've replaced you. Um, I, I've had enough, and I'm moving on. So Samuel goes and gives Saul the message that God had told him to give. And at that same time, he personally cuts all ties with Saul. Samuel cuts all ties with Saul. The only problem with that was Samuel had invested himself into Saul for a very long time. He had become his spiritual advisor. He prayed for Saul. He befriended Saul. And, you know, he, he cared about Saul. He broke bread with Saul. And after all of his investing and all of his praying and all of his crying, it still did not work. Verse 35 says that even though Samuel never got to see Saul again, he mourned for Saul. He lamented over Saul. He grieved over Saul. Now, Saul was alive and well, and he was overdoing what he was doing, but somehow, someway, Samuel found himself grieving even though there had been no grave. 
Samuel was off living his life, doing his thing. I mean, Saul was off living his life, doing his thing. But because of the loss of Saul, Samuel was grieving. Have you ever grieved the loss of something that didn't work? I'm, I'm talking a relationship that didn't work, a plan that didn't work, a job that didn't work, a friendship that didn't work. After all of your praying and all of your investing and giving your mind to it, giving your heart to it, everything you did to save it, to make it work, somehow, way, you found yourself grieving over something that didn't work. Somebody shout grieving. I want to give you a definition because you know me. <clears throat> I want you to take something with you. The definition for grief is this. I think I got it up on the screen. It's the necessary psychological and emotional process of working through a significant loss. It's the anguish experienced after the removal of anyone or anything that has emotional value. I'll read it again. It's the necessary psychological, emotional process of working through a significant loss. It's the anguish experience after the removal of anyone or anything that has emotional <coughs> value. I'll give you a second. See if you type. It's good. I'll give you two more seconds. You looking good? You all right? Almost. <laughs> so now, I'm just going to say this so we can get on the same page. Grieving is extremely painful. It is almost as if um, you inflict torture upon yourself when you go through a grieving process. With that said, though. Grieving is the healthiest response to a loss that you can have because grieving, because without grieving, emotional restoration cannot take place. I wrote a note down and I want to make sure you hear that again. Grieving is the healthiest response to a loss that you can have because without grieving, emotional recovery is not possible. Grieving is to your emotional system after a loss the same as healing is to your body after a surgery. Say that again. Grieving does for your emotional system after a loss the same thing that healing does for your body after a surgery. I thought that was heavy when I heard it. Because check this out, there are many of us sitting in this space right now that are hurting in places, broken in places, because we never grieved our losses correctly. We're hurting in places that we can't even articulate. I don't even have the words to tell you what's wrong with me right now. And the reason why is because that hurt is so deep, that pain is so deep, that I don't have words to get to it because I did not grieve my losses properly. I came to this thought that, and this is the best illustration I could give you for, is that grieving is quite like baking Nestle chocolate chip cookies. 
the yellow pack, not the blue stuff. I'm talking about the yellow. Because it, it, it isn't a question if the cookies need to go in the oven. It's not a question. It's not a question if you're going to grieve. Or not. Everybody in this building is going to grieve at some point. You're going to grieve someone or something at some point in your life. It's not a question if the cookies need to go in the oven. The question is, how long? Because if you take them out too early, then you just got like warm cookie dough, which is disgusting, right? I mean, that doesn't feel good in your mouth. But the good thing about that is I can at least put them back in the oven and get them strong enough, take them out, and they'll, they'll do me some good. But if they're in there too long, they become unpalatable. Some of you have become unpalatable to the people who do life with you. Because you've been grieving for, for too long. You've become very unpleasant. You've, you, you, you've become a person that I just don't want to be around. Bitterness has set in. I mean, when I get a taste of you, I want to spit you back out. Because you've been grieving for too long. You've been in the oven for way too long. And you haven't gotten over it. And the only question that God asked Samuel, how long? Look at your neighbor and shout, how long? I got three points today. <clears throat> Let's go back to verse one. You there? The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons, to be king. Point number one is this. Good, bad, or ugly, how long? Say that would be good, bad, or ugly, how long? This is going to sound a bit, I don't know, crazy. But we don't only grieve over losing good things. We don't only grieve over losing good things. You don't just grieve over losing a loved one. You grieve over other things because, remember, um, grief is experienced after the removal of anyone or anything that I've given emotional value to. I'm teaching so good, I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> Grieving occurs w w when someone is removed or something is removed from my life that I've given emotional value to. There are people, places, and things that were not good for me, that were bad for me, that I gave emotional value to. There were some ugly situations that I put myself in that I wanted to be in that I gave emotional value to. So when those things were removed from my life, for whatever reason, I had no choice but to grieve those things because those things had taken my value. When they left my life, whether Jesus took them from me or I gave them to Jesus, I grieved those things because they had my emotional value. Good, bad, or ugly, God is asking, how long? Some of us are grieving the single life and we're married. Some of us are grieving a relationship that was toxic, but we're grieving the companionship that we lost. 
You Listen to me. Good, bad, or ugly, it does not matter. God is just asking how long. And here's what's the beautiful thing about God. He did not ask Samuel, why are you grieving? He just says, how long? You see, God doesn't care what you grieve over and why you grieve over. All he cares about is how long. Oh, gosh. Don't let people in your life let you feel like you shouldn't be grieving that relationship you just lost. God's question is, how long? You, you see, the, the, the thing is this. Um, you in your 20s or you, you're in your 30s and you're still grieving a breakup that happened in the 10th grade. You're married with children. And you're still grieving the fact that you grew up without a father. Look at your neighbor and shout, how long? It doesn't matter to God that you grieve. Oh, listen to me, y'all. I don't want you to mistake me. God doesn't care that you grieve over these things. He cares about how long you grieve over these things. At some point, we should have moved on from here. Somebody shout, how long? Somebody say, good. Bad or ugly. God cares about how long. Like you, you, you've given your life to Jesus, but you're still grieving the life that you left. Somebody shout, how long? You see, the church will make you feel bad about still grieving and thirsting the things that you just walked away from. But God doesn't care about that. He cares how long you grieve over it. How long will you be thirsty for these things? Do you see the church believes once you give your life to Christ, everything is supposed to be okay. And I'm a holy roller now. God cares about how long. I think I need to be clear. Yeah, you should be over that by now. You should be over him by now. You should be over her by now. The only question God had for Saul, I mean Samuel, was... Cody, I got to say it one more time. Even if it wasn't good for you, it doesn't bother God that you grieve over it. He cares about how long. How do I know it? Saul was a terrible king. He wasn't the right fit for Israel. He couldn't do it if you paid him to do it. As a matter of fact, he was paid to do it, and he still couldn't do it. So God doesn't come to him and say, why are you grieving over Saul, seeing that he was a bad king and he wasn't good for you? He said nothing. He just said, yo. back to verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn over Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Point number two is this. Write this down. It's the phrase, fill your horn. Say that with me, fill. Your horn. <clears throat> God says to Samuel, okay, boss, it's, it's, it's time to, to move on. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill your horn with oil. Say that with me. Fill your horn with oil. Say it again. Fill your horn with oil. Say it again. Fill your horn with oil. A horn was just a container 
it was it was a it was a flask. It was it was just a vessel that housed oil. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Tina did a phenomenal job at teaching us about oil. And what we gleaned from her message was that oil was symbolic of anointing. Y'all remember the message? Oil was symbolic of anointing. So when you look at the text and when when God says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil, what God was really saying to Samuel, I want you to have a full measure of anointing. Mm. He says, fill your horn with oil. And we know that oil is symbolic of anointing. And in other words, what he was saying to to Samuel is that I want you to have a full measure of anointing. The other thing that we learned from Pastor Tina's, Tina's message, I studied the message, babe, you know I did. Um, but, but, but the other thing that we learned from her message was that oil is a very difficult process. Getting that oil is a very difficult process. There has to be a crushing. There has to be a breaking. And because of all of that pressure, we have the propensity to get out of the process with just a little bit of oil. Listen to me. For what God wants to do next in your life, you have to have a full measure of oil. He says, Samuel, it is time to move on to the next scene of your life, and you need a full measure of oil. I have a note that I want you to write down. Look at this. What you fill yourself with in this season will determine what fills your life in the next season. What you fill yourself with in this season will determine what fills your life in your next season. Oh, I'm teaching so good, y'all. Listen to me. What fills your life, what, what, what you get down inside of you, fill yourself, fill your horn with oil and then move on. Don't fill yourself with bitterness. Don't fill yourself with regret. Don't fill yourself with comparison. Fill your horn with the anointing, my power, my love, my grace. Fill yourself with that and then move on to the next season of your life. Watch how powerful it is, y'all. Samuel fills his horn with oil. He steps into the next scene of his life, and then he points out the king that will be the best king of Israel ever. Listen to me. You are about to step into the next season of your life and pick out the best one ever. Oh, gosh, y'all. Somebody shout anointing. He says, I want you to have a full measure of anointing. Don't collapse under the pressure. Don't quit because of the pressure. I need you to walk away with a full measure of oil because the next one you pick is going to be the best one ever. Oh, God, I'm preaching to somebody. The next time you step onto a job, it's going to be the next one ever. It's going to be the anointing that's going to allow you to do it. Shout the next one. The next one, God says, is going to be the best one ever because you move with my anointing. Let's get more. Let's get more. Let's get this last one. Oh, gosh. Are y'all getting anything from this? Is this making sense? All right, listen. Let's go back to verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, can I stop? I got to go back. <laughs> I don't know if you processed it. Hmm. Samuel, was, he was struggling with a king. He was mourning the loss of a king. And then God says, get yourself full of my anointing. And then step into the next season of your life. You see, the problem that we have is that we want to step into the next season 
without the anointing. Or we want to step into the next season with a little bit of oil. You see, it's going to take a full measure of oil for where God wants to take you. For what God wants to do through your life is going to take a full measure. Somebody shout full measure. Press down, shaking together and running over. Somebody shout full measure. It's going to be the measure that's going to touch something in your life to make it do what you've called it to do. It's the next season that God wants to get to. It's the next season that he wants you to get you off to. But he says, don't move, baby. Don't move without my anointing. Don't move without my power. Don't move without my word. Don't move without my grace. Don't move without my love. I want you to have it, and it's for you, but make sure you get a full measure. My anointing. Let's work. Verse 1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Point number three, our final point for today is the phrase, status change on hold. God tells Samuel, (laughs) I need you to get a full measure of my anointing and then move on from what you lost. Watch this now. Because I have chosen someone to fill the void in your life. He says, listen, I want you to get full of my anointing. And I want you to move on from here. I need for you to stop grieving. I need for you to stop mourning. I need for you to stop lamenting. And I need for you to get full of my anointing and move on from here because I have chosen someone to fill the void in your life. I've chosen someone or something to fill the void that you're experiencing in your life right now. But somebody shall move. So watch y'all. Watch the narrative. He says, I want you to go down by Jesse's house. And I've chosen one of his sons to be king. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. He's not a king yet. He doesn't even look like a king yet. When you look like look at him, he ain't going to look like a king yet. But when you show up full of my anointing, I'm going to change his status so that he can be exactly what you need. Somebody ain't listening. You see, that is what the anointing affords for you. You get to step into situations and change the status of things. Listen to me. If you get full of God's anointing, he's going to change the status of your last name. If you get full of God's anointing, he's going to change the status of your bloodline. If you get full of God's anointing, he's going to change the status of your finances. Somebody shout, get full. Samuel shows up and he couldn't even recognize me. He don't even look like he can fit me. She don't even look like a wife. He don't even look like a husband. This don't even look like the job that's going to fit my career. But when the anointing is on you, that changes the status of a thing. Oh, gosh, can I teach it just a little bit? If you go back to the book of Exodus, after God gives Moses the the, the recipe for anointing oil, he says, listen to me, I want you to anoint all of these articles, all of these things, all of these ordinary things with anointing. 
Because once you, once you anoint it, once my anointing hit it, it changes the status of it so that I can use it. Somebody shout status changer. It is the anointing that changes your status, nothing else. You see, nothing's going to change your, your, your bloodline and, and, and this generational curse that's on your life except for the anointing. You have to be willing to allow God to fill you. Somebody shout anointing. He says, listen, he's going to be king. <laughs> it's going to be the job. It's going to be the opportunity. Gosh, I'm talking to somebody. It's going to be the opportunity. He's going to be a husband. She's going to be a wife. But she ain't that yet. He ain't that yet. Because you haven't moved on from grieving what you lost in your last season. So all of that is on pause until you show up with my anointing. All of it's on pause. The job is waiting. My king is waiting. The husband is waiting. The change in finances is waiting. The change in your name is waiting. Until you show up with my anointing. God was dealing with me. So I decided to deal with you. Me and my wife have been very particular about making sure that we grieve the passing of my mother the right way. The right way. You see, what happens in grieving is that because it hurts so bad, you will sidestep it. I'll start thinking about something else. I, you know, no, I, I'll, I'll get busy with something else so my mind can be preoccupied with other thoughts. But grieving is a process that you have to go through. You have to make sure that you deal with it face on. Because here's the thing. If you don't deal with it face on, you'll be hurting in the next season of your life for things that never healed in the previous season of your life. But if you stay grieving for too long, you'll get stuck in a past that will allow you into your future. And I want to make sure that I let you know today that grieving is something that you have to go through. But baby, don't stay in it too long. I know it hurts. I know that you miss the good old days. I, 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 I know that you miss him because, you know, he, he was my companion. He gave me companion. I can't find anybody right now. God understands. But he says, listen, my only ask of you is to not stay in it too long. Because if you stay too long, you're holding up everything else that I want to do for you. David didn't know he was king until Samuel showed up with the anointing. David got to walk in his purpose because Samuel finally got out of grieving. Oh, gosh. Look at your neighbor and ask him, what's waiting on you? <laughs> what's, 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 what's waiting on you? Who's waiting on you? What company are you getting ready to turn upside down? But it's just waiting on you. What, what, what opportunity is just sitting out there waiting on you to stop grieving over the job that you lost at the beginning of COVID? It's waiting on you. Listen to me. The best thing that will ever happen to your life is waiting on you. 
David was the best king Israel ever had. And it came off the heels of Samuel grieving. I don't think it was by chance that God had my wife teach on the anointing. The anointing's a hard thing to come by. Not because it's not obtainable. It's because it takes a lot of pressure. It makes you feel like things aren't getting any better. It feels like things are not changing. And the enemy will trick you into forfeiting, oh my God, the best thing ever. The best life ever. The best partner ever. Because he says you just need to stay here. Stay in this. And what we don't realize and what we don't give credit to, and there's many of us sitting in this building right now, you are bitter because of what you've been through and you won't get out of it. I love David. I love David. He's one of my, one of my, the, the, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, one of the favorite men in the Bible. David went through this situation with Bathsheba. He was dead wrong. David was walking on top of, you know, his, his castle, and he sees Bathsheba, and he goes, take this, this man's wife. They end up getting pregnant, and the baby dies. And the scripture says that David, he prayed while the baby was, you know, still, still living. He was praying, and he was praying that God would heal it and all these everything. But as soon as the baby died, you know what David did? Washed his face, got up, and kept on with life. There is somebody in this building that needs to wash their face. You're grieving over who you used to be. Tell your neighbor, wash your face. You're grieving over the one that got away 10 years ago. Tell your neighbor to wash your face. It is time to move on because God wants to do something powerful in your life. Powerful. But it's going to take the anointing. Stand here. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.